0: In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Would all the kids and teens up through the ninth grade please come forward. Good morning. How's everyone? You good? You good? Good. So, I've told you about my garden before. We have a small backyard, and so we have a small garden, but we had a lot of tomatoes, and and we've already taken several things down because of the heat. But we've got another crop of cantaloupe coming out, so I'm really excited about that. And uh, I just kind of you know, planted the seedlings and God made everything grow. God did all that. In fact you see these flowers back here? We buy flowers every week. The altar flowers. You see all the flowers? Aren't they beautiful? We, we buy them every week from Cornelius Florist over in Tomball. But I've been thinking we could save a lot of money if I brought a package of seeds and just kind of scattered it all up there and, and we could use those flowers that grow from that. That'd be neat, wouldn't it? Huh? Yeah, just kind of throw the seeds everywhere over there. Right, that would work, wouldn't it? Huh, it might not work? Why would it not, why would it not work? Because there's no soil too. Oh, there's no so- you need soil? Yeah, there's not no like water. There's no, oh, no water. No sunlight. No sunlight, light? we have lights. We That's can awesome. turn the lights on. But that would waste electricity. So you, you, uh, what do we, so we electricity. need sunlight, we need water, we need soil. And we photosynthesis. A, photosynthesis? Photosynthesis. <laughs> 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 so I shouldn't do that then is what you're saying. Yes. Yes, I should do it? I said yes, you should. Oh, yes, I shouldn't do it. You know God uh, Jesus talks about that in the gospel reading today, doesn't he? About the sower who threw seeds everywhere and some fell on uh, a hard path to where they couldn't sink into the ground and another some more seeds fell on rocky soil and some more seeds fell among the thorns and the other seeds fell in the good soil where there was sunlight and water and soil so that things could happen, and, and the gospel says, Jesus says, and there are produced a hundredfold, 60-fold, 30-fold. And I think that's what God wants for us. When we hear the word of God, like we just heard, right? When we hear the word of God, God wants to plant that in our hearts, and he wants it to grow through faith that we have. And if we just kind of let it sit there and, and not continue having a conversation with God in prayer or reading the Bible or coming to Sunday school or Wednesday school or whatever we do, if we don't do those things, that 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 word that we hear on Sundays might just sit there and not do anything. But if we water it and, 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 and help it to grow by talking to God and by reading his word and listening and praying and coming to church and doing the things that that brings us closer to God, then that faith just grows in us and people begin to see it. But there are some people where that faith just doesn't grow because they just don't let it grow. And so my prayer for each one of you is that you allow God to work in your heart to allow what he gives you to grow and grow and grow so that the whole world may see your faith and come to God. Okay? Will you, Jeremy, will you do that? Yes. Okay. I'm glad. Do you know what I said? Hmm. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny, is it? just not funny. All right. Those of you who want to get a packet from Mr. Nick over there, go get a packet. You can go color and sit with your parents, grandparents, whomever you're with. So what with Soul in the City this past week and all the busyness and the other things that were going on, um, I completed my sermon, but I forgot the humor. I forgot the humor. So I, 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 no, no, I have a small one. I have a small one, okay? (laughs) I have a small one. Mr. Pete Jones, he comes into the newsroom to pay for her husband's obituary. And she was told by this kindly newsman that it was a dollar a word and that he remembered good old Pete. And wasn't bad about him passing away like that. And she thanked him for his kind words and bemoaned the fact that she only had two dollars. And so she wrote out the obituary, Pete died. And the newsman said he thought that old Pete deserved more than that. So he gave her three more words. Mrs. Pete Jones thanked him and rewrote the obituary. Pete died, boat for sale. (laughs) I hope she sold that boat. There's a place on Christmas Island, way out in the Indian Ocean, just 200 miles uh, south of Java, where something spectacular happens every year. From everything I've read, I've never been there, but from everything I've read, this is the way I would describe it. The November moon is in its third quarter, and the tide is coming in. Behind the narrow sandy beach stands this sheer cliff of coral rock 70 feet high on its vertical face clinging beneath overhangs jammed three and four deep into every crack there are millions of scarlet crabs in some places they are so crowded where their bodies are so jammed together that the cliff seems to have been painted just a crimson red these crabs are found nowhere else in the world They are described as large animals with glossy rounded shells five inches across and at this point they are all females each with a huge mass of brown eggs just kind of bulging beneath the flap of her underside these crabs they're about to spawn it was only a month ago together with the males that they would have left the burrows in the forest where they had spent most of the year and they would have begun a long march to the coast. And it was within this marching process where the vast size of their population became dramatically uh, apparent. Somewhere around 120 million of these crabs can be seen marching along and nothing can deter them to keep them from where they're going. In some places, their traditional routes, they have to cross roads, which were made by the people who now live on Christmas Island. Thousands of these crab marchers are inevitably crushed beneath the wheels of the traffic. If we were playing baseball, that would be strike one. But still, day by day, for two weeks or so, they just keep coming. Finally, they reach the coast. The males excavate burrows, and there they mate with the females, and the males then return inland, but the females, they wait in the burrows for a further two weeks while their fertilized eggs begin to mature. And finally, the moment to release the eggs arrives, and the crabs, they've climbed down the cliffs, they have to climb down the cliffs where they are now cramped into all these cracks that I talked about just a moment ago because their eggs must be deposited directly into the sea if they are to hatch but this is not without hazard although the crabs distant ancestors came from the sea these are land crabs they breathe air they cannot swim and so if they lose their hold on the rock or if they are swept away by the waves they will drown. Bummer, that's strike two. As the tide reaches its height, the width of the beach is reduced to a few yards. And the females, they move down the cliffs across the shingle to the breakers, scrambling over one another in their anxiety to get to the water. When at last the waves wash over them, each of these female crabs shakes her body convulsively so that the brown eggs swill away into the water. Now, at either end of the beach, where the, where the sea beats directly against the face of the cliffs, the crabs, they have a much harder time of it. So great is the traffic between those who are striving to clamber down to the sea and those who have who, having spawned, are attempting to get back to the forest. So great is this traffic that many of them cannot reach the water. In the confusion, many crabs, they lose their foothold, tumble into the water, and are swept away. Bummer. That's strike three. But, listen to this. The game is not over. Each one of these female crabs sheds about a hundred thousand eggs and then she abandons them. The crab's progeny must look out for themselves now. Yes, it is true that huge numbers of these hatchings are immediately eaten by the fish that swim in shoals around the reefs and the eels. They squirm right into the water's edge and they greedily gulp down this feast and then as the survivors are swept out to the sea larger fish trawling, trawling with open jaws sieve them from the water yes very few of these crabs very few of them are able to assume their final adult form very few of them will be, will be alive to breed but enough of them are left alone to grow to maturity so as to continue the species. That's the first story. Another story about a famous Christian writer, speaker, Tony Campolo. It's about him joining a Baptist church and being baptized as a nine-year-old boy. Two other boys his age were baptized with him that day. It was a small church, a struggling church church not very long after compolo was baptized the church closed its doors and sold the building i can imagine how discouraged that pastor must have been it's difficult to handle the workload of a large congregation but it's even more difficult to keep the faith when a, sm- when, a ser- when serving a small struggling congregation. Many years after his baptism, Compolo was doing some research in that, in, in, in the denominational archives, and he looked up the records of that little church where he was baptized, and leafing through those records, he came to the year that he was baptized, he says, there was my name, and another name, Dick White, and then one more name, Bert Newman. And then Campolo read the church report for that year, and the record said it has not been a good year for our church, we have lost 27 members. And then the record said three joined, but they were only children. But they were only children. But listen to this, the game isn't over. One of them, Campolo, turned out to be an acclaimed Christian author and speaker, Another of the three kids, White, turned out to be a missionary. The third of the three kids, Newman, turned out to be a professor of theology at an African seminary. Some, sometimes great things are happening right in front of us, but we can't see them. Folks, it ain't over till it's over. And I believe that's why Jesus told the parable of the sower, which is our gospel reading for today. Jesus told this parable to encourage his disciples and to encourage us as well, because we too are his disciples. It was his way of saying, don't lose heart. Things are happening. Let's remember what Jesus had gone through just before today's reading, all in chapter 12. He had just gone through a series of controversies. The disciples, they had just gotten into trouble with the religious authorities for picking grains grains, uh, plucking grains on the Sabbath. Bummer, that's strike one right there. Jesus had just gotten into trouble himself for healing on the Sabbath. Bummer, that's strike two. When Jesus healed the demoniac, the religious authorities, they had just accused him of healing by the power of the devil. Bummer, that's strike three. But listen to this. The game isn't over. Because then Matthew tells us the same day, that very same day, Jesus sat beside the sea. It was the same day that Jesus had experienced so much trouble. and So he sat down and great multitude came around him. So many that Jesus had to get into a boat, pull a few feet offshore so that he could have some space. And then he began to teach them. And he told them a parable, the parable we heard today, the parable of the sower. And in this parable, Jesus told about a sower who was sowing good seed. Some of the seed fell on the pathway, a path packed hard by the feet of many people. The seed couldn't sink its feet into that hard-packed soil, so it just kind of lay there on the surface. And the birds, they saw it lying there, and they swooped down to get it and eat it. Bummer, that's strike one right there. And then some of the seed fell on rocky ground, ground where there was a thin layer of soil covering the rocks. The seed sank its feet into the soil and sprouted, but then its roots hit the rock and it could go no further. The sun rose hot in the sky, baked those plants which withered in the heat. Bummer, that's strike two. And then some of the seed fell among the thorns, And the seed tried to grow, but the thorns choked choked them out. Bummer, that's strike three. But then, listen to this. Then some of the seeds fell on good soil, and it sprouted, and it put down roots, and it grew tall, and it produced an abundant harvest, 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. Wow so it was worthwhile after all the sower wasted a little bit over here and a little bit over there but the seed that fell on the good soil grew like gangbusters and that's the way it is with us we conduct services here at church we have sunday school and wednesday school and youth groups and lots of other activities some people come here and they listen to the word of God and they fail to understand it and the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart that is what was sown on the path these are Jesus words not mine bummer that's strike one some people come here and they listen to the word of God and they get excited and they submit themselves as candidates for baptism or confirmation. And they join the church. And they show up every time the church doors open. And we say look isn't this great. But there's a shallowness to that person's life. and The good soil is just a quarter inch deep. And there is rock underneath. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the world. That person immediately falls away. These are Jesus words. Not mine. Bummer that's strike two. And then some people come here and they listen to the word of God and they start to grow. God starts to get a foothold in their lives, but then they get caught up in their jobs or their golf games or watching the football games or taking the family to the lake and we never see them again. The thorns choke out the word, or as Jesus put it, this is the one who hears. The word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. Bummer. Strike three. But listen to this Jesus does not call us out. The game is not over. Something is happening right over there in right field. There are people over there quietly growing and humbly serving, trying to do what God wants them to do, they really aren't much to look at. They look like ordinary lectors and lay Eucharistic ministers and vergers and acolytes and safety team and sound technicians. They look like choir members and Sunday school teachers and ushers and greeters. They look like youth leaders and altar guild volunteers and young children and teens and an occasional cook or a janitor thrown in for the flavor and they aren't doing it perfectly they aren't a well-oiled machine sometimes they sing off-key sometimes they drop the offering plate or talk too loud or too long yes I'll sit down in just a minute (laughs) sometimes Sunday school teachers just can't get the kids attention Sometimes young people, they run in the hallways. Sometimes kids drop their punch on the carpet. Sometimes Jesus' disciples, we are a real mess. But the Holy Spirit gives us a nudge and things begin to happen. Little by little, people grow in faith. Little by little, they begin to, they begin to serve. Little by little, they begin to get it it happens over here and it happens over here and pretty soon things start popping up all over or as Jesus says as for what was sown on good soil this is the one who hears the word and understands the word who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold in another sixtyfold in another thirtyfold that's us Jesus Was talking about you and me. So take heart, good things are happening. God things are happening. All in God's time. Jesus did not call us to be successful. He only asks that we be faithful, much like the red crabs, faithfully making their march to the ocean year after year after year. Much like those three nine year old boys who came from a small struggling church which finally had to close its doors despite the crabs being run over by the traffic on the island and despite the seed being eaten by the birds of the air the crabs and the seed they still succeed in the hands of God despite the crabs being tossed into the waves and despite the seed being withered by the sun the crabs and the seed they still succeed in the hands of God Despite the crabs being trampled upon by other crabs, despite the seed being choked by the thorns, the crabs and the seed, they still succeed in the hands of God. Folks, we are those crabs and we are those seeds. And we always need to remember that the kingdom of heaven is at hand right now. And no matter what we do to block it out of our lives, God will be victorious sometimes with our help, sometimes in spite of our wrong choices. And then God asks one more thing, that we trust him to take care of the results. Rest assured that he will do that. If we serve faithfully, Jesus will take care of all the rest.